Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Oh, today, we are going to be finishing up our Masterclass series on voice acting. I've been promising uh, to bring Anne Ganguza on the show to ask her some very important questions, and I know she will have the answers because she is a true pro when it comes to voice acting. And uh, she's on the line now. Hey, Anne, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, we are just thrilled. I've, I've had a lot of feedback from our first two uh, parts of the, the voice acting uh, series. And this is where I want to just start asking you some very uh, specific questions about, about really exactly like a point by point lesson in how someone can just start becoming a voice actor. But before I ask you some of those questions, I want to know a little bit more about about you or at least you can let our audience know how did you start out in voiceovers and uh and did you get training i mean what what's your story (laughs) uh well (laughs) i never you know i was i never grew up thinking oh i wanted to be a voiceover actor i kind of just fell into it from one of my well, I call it a corporate job because, uh, but I was actually in education, but we worked like a little corporation. So yeah. I was actually hired as uh, a technical person for a school, but I also had the pleasure of being able to teach technology uh, to students as well. Oh. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. And during the course of my job, we installed voice over IP telephone systems okay. for mm-hmm. other school systems as well as nonprofits and sure. um, state and government owned um um, places in the state of New Jersey. So I was installing these phone systems and these large phone systems. And when we would be finished installing, uh-huh. I would say to the client, okay, you you know, you have 300 phones in your offices. You just need to now record that welcome greeting and the phone menu tree. Right. And every one of them would just be like, oh no, you'll record that for oh, me. That's how you <laughs> so, started. You just, so oh, I ended goodness. up recording for thousands of phone <gasps> systems. Oh. And then people started to recognize my voice. So when I would, you know, answer my own phone at work, people would say, oh, I heard your voice before. And, and wow. you know, you should think about doing that for a living. So hence, yes. I found out that voiceover was a thing. Okay. And I went and I, I, I Googled it and I started training for it. Mm. And, um, you know, after a certain amount of time, I got a demo and I started working part time in voiceover. Yeah. And then ultimately, you know, after a few years, it's really difficult 
Um, it's a great job to transition, you know, from part-time to full-time right? because you can kind of dip your toe in the water yes. and then see if you like it, yes. see if it's something that you love to do. Because when you do transition to voiceover, mm-hmm. probably a number of other people that might have said this to you um, in regards to, you know, how mm-hmm. do you get started? It is a business. And oh, so yeah. you are an entrepreneur. It mm-hmm. is your own business. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole lot different than yes. uh, working for someone else. Yes, yes, and right. So, yeah. you know, the transition from part-time was, you know, I worked in technology. So, you know, back in the day when there were pagers, now I'm like aging myself, <laughs> but, um, well. but I was always on call. Yeah. I was, so I was always on call. And it was difficult to get my auditions in yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but I did get my foot in the water. And I found out that I loved it. And then I just had an opportunity that we were going to move to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I really want to give this a shot yeah. because at my job, I had worked for, you know, close to 20 years. Um, you know, with technology and teaching and I loved it, but I was ready for something new. And, you know, I stepped into voiceover full time and wow, it's uh, literally, I don't look back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, so so I, then I have, then you're teeing up my next question, which was going to be once you decided this is what I'm going to do. You of course said you got some training. Um, Mm -hmm. and in, uh, in our other episodes, we've talked about training, but I, I wanted to ask you, so if 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 you start and you said you're an entrepreneur so you're you're actually you know probably recording out of your own studio how did mm-hmm. you how did you do that how did you set up like uh, you know what is in your recording studio what's the minimum type of equipment that somebody just getting started could expect to have to to purchase well, obviously, you need a microphone. That's yeah, number one. That's right. Um, you need you need a good microphone, and typically, you use um, you know a condenser microphone, right? Um, along with a pair of headphones, and those would be studio headphones, ones that don't you know right. give you all the pretty sounds, so you don't want anything that adds you know bass or right. treble or you know make it sound like you're you know in any particular you know you know auditorium just, or just whatnot. the dry raw sound yeah dry raw yeah. sound that's what you want to mm-hmm. hear so your mic and usually with your microphone you're going to hook that up into an audio interface right and that's the component that's going to be translating the analog which right. is you speaking into the microphone mm-hmm. to a digital signal into right. your computer so right. that audio interface will plug right into your computer mm-hmm. uh, and then you'll you'll basically record through an editing program uh, uh, and really depending on the platform, right. there's lots of different editing programs out there. Right. Uh, you'll need that too. So you'll also, you know, I, it seems so basic, but you definitely need a computer <laughs> that can handle, <laughs> yeah. you know, all of your post-processing yeah. and yeah. your editing. Uh, and as well as, you know, obviously an internet do you, connection. What software do you uh, use? Mm-hmm. So for me, I use a Mac. Uh, that's my that's my hardware that mm-hmm. I use. You can use a PC as well, uh, Windows-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I I find that, and, and I've worked on all different systems because I worked in technology for 20 years. So uh, for me, for the audio, uh, the Macintosh just works better. I um, agree. Things just kind yeah. of work. <laughs> mm, I totally agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> things just work. And so I use a program called Twisted Wave, okay. which basically does one-track recording. Uh-huh. It's super simple. There's uh-huh. a lot of people who are familiar with a program called Audacity, yes. which is free. Right. 
And Audacity is wonderful, but it's free and you kind of get what you pay for. Yes, so you, you get do. all the functionality, mm-hmm. but it may not come as easily as mm-hmm. it does with something that you're going to pay for. Right. And Twisted Wave is just Audacity, you know, a thousand times better. Of course, you so get what you pay for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's simple. And, and when combined with the Mac, with a Magic Mouse, so yes. if you're familiar with Audacity or anybody out there that's listening is familiar with Audacity, if you need to zoom into a wave so right. that you can maybe take out a you know a piece of mouth noise or eliminate right. a breath, you know that you have to do a series of like, you know, control, you know, Zs or whatever it is to zoom into it. Right. Well, with a magic mouse, all you have to do is swipe up. And when you swipe up, you like zoom into that wave wow. instantly. And you only have to do like that one swipe. Wow. Versus, you know, maybe a control character, control character to zoom up, you know, kind of piece so by piece. So it's more efficient. I mean, it's 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 more yes. expedient, uh, accessible. Uh, well, you said yes. something, and I and I I hate to cut this off because I'm loving what you're you're telling us. But before we move forward, since you mentioned it, getting rid of mouth clicks, getting rid of breath. Um, what yeah. is your opinion on this? Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, they they uh, now when I was recording audiobooks for many years, I, I did audiobooks, and of course we left the breath in because you know that yep. that was just uh, a, a conversation going on in the book. But when mm-hmm. it comes to voiceovers, when you're doing an actual commercial, let's say, we, what mm-hmm. is your opinion about breath? Well, I think for a lot of the work that I do, which is a lot of the long-form narration, not audiobooks, though. Audiobooks, yes, they still leave in the breath. Yes. I mean, as long as they're not gaping, <gasps> gasping breath. <laughs> right. um, you know, right. I think a natural breath is, is what... And, you know, for most things, people say leave the breath in, but I know for e-learning, they expect me to take the breath out oh. because they're kind of segmenting that into different, you know, places. Like maybe slide one has this, slide two right. has this, or the video has enough space in between where there's something going on, there's music, there's other conversation. So it's expected to remove the voice for e-learning. Even mm-hmm. corporate, they mm-hmm. want you to, to remove the breaths. And um, yes. anything else I do, I'm removing the breath. And so the, I mean, your, your software that you have that you said is so quick mm-hmm. and easy to zoom in and stuff, you probably can just do that very quickly, though, when you have oh, to... Re- absolutely. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. not only... Yeah, and not only zoom in and out, but also go left and right within the yes, waveform. So that's right. the other thing, too, that mm-hmm. takes a while. You know, if you're checking and you're continually, mm-hmm. you know, moving from left to right and checking and doing post, mm-hmm. post-processing post on your on your edits, it's, you know, it's just so much simpler when you can mm-hmm. move in and out and left and right mm-hmm. uh, quickly. And, right. and that, to me, was worth the price of the Magic Mouse, which is <laughs> silly, ridiculous, kind of expensive. Oh, really? But it's worth it. Uh-huh. It's worth it when, it's, when you're talking talking about, you know, editing. And and I right. honestly think like in terms of breath and well, maybe not breath because you, you have to breathe. Like I have to, and I'm not quiet about it either because <laughs> I like to, I like to get the sentence right mm-hmm. the first time. Sure. It's so much easier to get the sentence natural sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes because of the way things are written, especially yes. in long format narration, things may not be, there might be run on sentences. Mm-hmm. There may be sentences that, that are written for reading, but not speaking. Exactly. And so you need a good breath to be able to navigate right. that sentence, mm-hmm. that unwieldy sentence, so that it sounds like it's like a stream of consciousness right. or it's a conversation. Right. And so I'm going to need to go, you know, 
taking yes. that big, big, deep breath so that I can navigate the sentence without going in the middle of it. Well, of course. <laughs> and, and then having to piece things together. And what I noticed which I with, don't want to do. What I noticed with um, uh, audiobooks was that occasionally, well, not occasionally, often, uh, it wasn't punctuated right. Uh, right. And we look forward, those of us who, who, who do long-form narration, like you said, we look forward to those commas. We know what those commas yes. m- are supposed to really mean. It's a breath yep. mark, really. And, Absolutely. Uh, and yet, very often, it's not punctuated properly. Well, I wanted to ask you, though. Um, wait, wait, but mm-hmm. wait, I have to just say, see, yeah. that's why we're upset about the Oxford comma. Ah, removal. Yes, that's I'm right. like, we need oh. that Oxford comma so that we can breathe. Just oh, saying. Oh my goodness, I'm serious. <laughs> I know, right? And by the way, this wasn't a question I meant to ask, I was going to ask you, but I have to ask you. You're telling me you do, you know, mostly long form type narration, which I can imagine mm-hmm. is, is probably your proper voice. But do you do characters? Because you have a, a voice I could hear characters. Do you? <laughs> well, you know what? We're we're all we're always a form of a character, of even course. if we're doing corporate narration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, it's just that maybe you know the character now is somebody that works for the company. You know, oh, so I see. It becomes yes. mm-hmm. it becomes a very nuanced character. Yes, yes. And 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 there's a real beauty in that, right? To be quite and, honest. Well, putting, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's, you know, to be able to make that engaging. I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, I'm a coach. And so when Mm -hmm. I'm teaching long format narration, even though you might think corporate narration is dry and boring or even e-learning could be dry and boring, (laughs) really, you're a character and you're telling a story. And it means that much more for you to act, right, and to get those nuanced um, emotions and engagement Right. So that you're, you keep your listener engaged. Okay, Otherwise, I think they're, you know, they're, they're off doing something else. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that the case? And so, they're, you know, regardless of the job, you are taking on a character voice, depending yes. on what the, you know, the intent of the piece is. I think then mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, have you ever done, have you ever done like cartoon narration where you, you actually play, uh, let's just say, funny sounding characters? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have played characters. I've played characters in e-learning, um, oh, for okay. sure. Uh-huh. And characters sometimes in explainer videos. Yes. Um, and even characters, you know, in a commercial. Mm-hmm. But they're not as, you know, characters can be super animated and dynamic yes. like you would see on cartoons. Right. Or, you know, video games are also characters, but they're very much real life. Right. And so playing mm-hmm. a character for a corporate narration or even in e-learning, mm-hmm. you you're maybe not a, you can be a character if you're teaching let's say a younger mm-hmm, audience mm-hmm. right and it's a character based storyline right or your character is that you're the teacher right your main focus right. is not so much you know sounding articulate and pretty but you need to be able to engage that listener right. so you need to be able to take whatever's written there and elevate the teaching moments to I, I always call it like audio cliff notes right right if right. you're trying to teach somebody you need those those teaching mm. moments elevated to their ears right and you yeah. need to make complicated things simple so that it's right. easy to comprehend and right. understand now, and retain. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Uh, if, if you know, when you're doing, let's say, uh, demos, okay, because, uh, mm-hmm. or auditions even, uh, and, and you're recording uh, what you're hoping they're, they're wanting to hear, you know, uh, uh, what is your opinion about underscore and music, putting music under, under it, especially if you're doing commercials? 
Well, I think, it, okay, so for a demo, I think demo is a marketing piece. Right. And, you know, marketing is all about the package. Uh-huh. And so there are instances where e-learning will have music underneath it. There are instances where corporate narration will have right. music under it. And so, yeah, I'm I'm of that mm-hmm. um, thought that it is a marketing piece. So right. whatever you can use to enhance that, right. and not just music and sound effects, but, you know, a new trend in demos has been video take a demo and then put a video to it so it's almost even more yeah it's you can see almost even more how it will play out so let's say if it's a corporate narration video Mm -hmm. which usually when you're doing corporate narration there's a video somewhere right uh you can kind of see how the storyline plays out and how the you know how the Mm -hmm. voice can help to supplement that or tell the story so i'm all about the production behind it even Mm -hmm. for you know even for e-learning i will always though in a demo I'll put at least one piece that has no uh, music underneath right. it because there's a lot of cases where you're not going to have music underneath That's it. That's right. And you want to make sure that that, that that voice can support um, right. the education or support the purpose well, of that also, piece of copy. It, it, it also shows that you have quality sound because uh, oh, a, a lot of times people use music to to kind of distract or to cover up uh, any background noise or any any you know uh, right. any type of well, depreciation. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I would say in in demo production for for at least for my demo production, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people out there that you know produce great demos. The music is not going to be something that will be more than the voice. Mm-hmm. Basically, the demo's purpose is to showcase the voice, right? And so the voice is always the most forward thing, right? And the most heard, and so. If somebody overproduces the demo, yes, then maybe the music will be louder than the voice when they're trying to right. maybe hide something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, well, and, and so for my for mm-hmm. for my demos, no, I, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to be ever thought mm-hmm. that I overproduce the demos. It's mm-hmm. simply the music and the sound effects are supplementing and enhancing the storyline. Well, what do you? What is your opinion of demo mills? Where you go in, and, you know, what, what, what is your opinion? I mean, if, 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 if let's say someone is, I, I, I can't imagine doing this, but if you wanted to get into voiceovers, but you didn't have the money to buy the equipment, you thought, well, I'll just put out some demos and maybe they'll bring me in studio, which by the way is, is, mm-hmm. is, is a pipe dream. But, um, but what, yeah. is, what is your opinion <laughs> of these mills? Well, that used to be the, that used to be the thing, right? People yeah. would be like, well, I don't have to worry about building a home studio. Oh, because- Lord. You know, I'll just go into a studio and record everything. Right. But that is so, uh, and even more so since the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, your, you know, your responsibility as a voiceover artist mm-hmm. is to have a home studio that, you know, you can create quality audio and mm-hmm. um, put that out, you know, as right. your as your product. But, it, uh, but there I, are workshops, though. They'll say, we'll teach you how to do voiceovers, yeah. and by the end, we'll help you create your demo. To me, that's a demo mill. I mean, I just don't know that yes. that, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, is that bad well, stuff? I, oh, God, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really bad stuff. And, and I think, you know, you have to just, first of all, it comes down to there's a lot of people out there being sold the dream yes, of voiceovers. Right. And, and I always say, look, you know, we... You know, to be good at anything, mm-hmm. you have to put your time in. And mm-hmm. honestly, like any, we went to school for years, right? We studied a trade, That's or right. you know, even a work week is forty hours. How can you expect 
to, you know, after a few hours on a weekend, how can you expect to put out a product that says, mm -hmm. I am a professional, yeah. anything, yes, right? right? I am a professional after spending only five hours. Or, you yeah. know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or four or three or, <laughs> or even less, whatever, yeah. you know, however right. little it is. It's yeah. like you cannot realistically expect no. to be a professional anything after that little amount of time. And, you right. know, uh, who was it that said, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. And I'm, mm. I'm not saying you need 10,000 hours of coaching, but wow. you need t you need thousands of hours of work put in. I mean, Definitely. actors spend their lives mm -hmm. honing their craft. That's right. And, right? Yep. And voice actors, are they're no different, honestly. Right. Um, and you cannot, you cannot realistically expect yourself mm. to be able to recreate what that demo, you know, mm. anybody can talk right. you into here's how it should sound like, but you having to go into your studio and recreate that sound by right. yourself, right. that demo is, is, is showcasing that capability. And right. after a couple of hours, you know, of training, you're not going to be able to go and reproduce those sounds. Right. And so that is, you know, it's, it's not, well, I don't think it's an, Okay, uh, so an honest representation uh, right. of your, your capabilities, and if and, and when the voice actor uh, gets their equipment together, and they are you know you know putting in those hours, they're, they're training, they're practicing, you know, they're practicing, they're putting out stuff, they're trying to you know get feedback. Well, what is your advice about prepping your studio? I mean, the EQing of of your personal studio whatever it may be what and i and when i ask you for your advice i mean can you tell us the products to get for soundproofing or, or whatever what's your um advice mm -hmm. on that mm-hmm so, yeah, your environment is really, really important. Right. You know, uh, uh, most people think, well, I'm going to buy a really good mic or I'm going to buy, you know, really good <laughs> yeah. headphones or audio interface. But in reality, you could take a mic that you paid $89 for, mm -hmm. right? But if you put it in a well-treated room, you can get that mic to sound really good. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me, you know, my first studio was my, you know, walk-in closet. And so the clothing in the closet really <laughs> acted as a nice buffer. We have the for, exact same you know, history. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need something that's going to take care of, I mean, in any given circumstance, you're going to stand in a room and your voice as it travels throughout the room will be echoing and reverberating right. off of, you know, sharp objects. That's right. And so you need to try to get rid of all of the, you know, hard surfaces. Right. So that you don't hear the echo back into the microphone. Right. Uh, you don't hear, you know, other other noises in the microphone. So you need that, that buffer. Right. And so getting that treated area is super important. So if you decide that you don't have a walk-in closet, and by the way, <laughs> I tried an actual closet without clothes. It did not work. It no. was, you know, it had all the hard surfaces. Right. And so you need to just start buffering those hard surfaces buffering with moving them. blankets. Okay. Mm -hmm. With, you know, I right now, I had, I moved into a new home a couple of years ago and I had, finally, after all this time, I had a custom home studio built for me. So Whoa. I have double walls. Okay. I have green glue in between the double wow. walls. And I also have rock wool insulation oh, wow. in between the walls. <laughs> um, and then inside, and I have double doors too. So mm -hmm. double, double wall, double door. And I also have, um, and they're DIY. They're do it yourself from oh, Tim yeah. Tippett. He has a great video out there on how to make your own acoustic panels. So the acoustic panels are basically. Again. Give me the name again. Oh, Tim. Uh, well, it's Tim. T Tim Tippett has a, a YouTube video okay, on how it. to mm -hmm. make acoustic panels. Right. So yeah, just look. Just Google D Tim Tippett. Okay. T I P P. 
TTS um, acoustic panels. Okay. And so basically, you create a, 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 a you create like a, um, a foundation frame, right. and then you fill that with rock, with with rock wool, mm-hmm. um, and then basically I cover it with with um, felt that I bought mm-hmm. from Joanne Fabric, oh and I literally. Goodness. I have an entire room inside and out. Mm. So I'm inside my studio right now, but outside my studio, I literally have in my room and in my studio, I have about 33 of four inch thick acoustic panels. Oh my that goodness. Are absorbing, they're absorbing all of the echo. And so you basically, yeah. you don't want to sound too dead. Well, I was like, going to say, studio, yeah, yeah, right. But you, you want to be able to, um, you know, have something that's going to absorb right. and catch yeah. the, uh, the acoustics. So think in front of you mm-hmm. to the right, to the left, mm-hmm. you need this, you need this protection also above your head. So I have right. like two panel, three panels right now that are hung above my head that we call them clouds, right. but they're all also the same kind of frames filled mm-hmm. with acoustic, um, you know, with the rock wool, uh, and they're hanging, mm-hmm. oh gosh, maybe a, f- a few feet above my head. So oh. also above. Mm-hmm. So it's taking care of mm-hmm. all of the right, left, and front, above, mm-hmm. and behind me. So you know, some people... Um, any reflection. Yeah, there's a, there, there are those, um, uh, they're like little panels that people will buy to put on their desk that, that kind of serve as, as, as a, a barrier. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think you can buy them from like Guitar Center. And, and you know, that, mm-hmm. that is the, you know, to me, that would be the minimum you would want to get away with. Yeah. Uh, but, but what you're talking about is, is just, is brilliant. I love that. And of course, you know, there's soundproofing for, you know, foam panels and things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you, since, you know, we don't really have a lot of time left, but I have so many questions. I wanted to ask you about your opinion on on the pay to play voice platforms um, where you just literally pay them a fee and you can submit auditions and hope to get jobs. What What is your opinion there? So I think that in order to get work in the voiceover industry, you need to present yourself with a, a multitude of opportunities. Yeah, Pay-to-plays are one of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think over the years, I mean, I joined, uh, I joined one of them back in the day when they first started out, and mm-hmm. it was really helpful for me. It gave me opportunities. I met a lot of clients and then who became repeat clients. Um, but these right. days they've gotten to be very crowded and mm-hmm. they've evolved to having this kind of, you know, different levels yeah. of subscription models. And so it's very hard to tell, you know, with the amount of people that are on them, how effective they right. are being. I still think that, you know, they can be an opportunity. But uh, fortunately for me, I've been in the industry long enough that I have a lot of great clients right. that have become repeat clients yep. that get a lot of referrals. I also do uh, a bit of direct marketing myself and with my website, I also have pretty good SEO. So the well, combination yeah. of all that brings people to me yeah, um, right. first. And then basically I get to skip the audition part because people will yep. just, I've got all of my target specific demos yeah. on my website. Right. So I think each demo should be target specific to a, a genre. And, and, um, and early and if early in mm-hmm. your career, though, you were probably auditioning almost all the time. But then and yes. I, I'm just clarifying to the audience, believe yes. me, you know, Anne has put in her time. And and so now she's at a place that is, is absolutely uh, fantastic that you that you can just just, you know, people are calling you. You're just putting them on your calendar. Yes. It took me three weeks. To, yes, yes, I had to I had to wait three weeks to talk to you today because you're a very busy lady and that's a wonderful thing right that's so fantastic thank you well 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it, you know, it really does, um, y- you know, for me, it's, it's a more efficient way than, you know, right. I'd rather have the work come to me because yeah. then I can skip the whole of audition course, thing. Of course. But, you know, I will tell you that I still audition for my agents. That's another opportunity. Well, then let's talk Again, about your agents. Yeah. I want to talk about so, that because I didn't know uh, if you felt like that it, an agent was important to be, ha- to have as a voice actor or if, is it something that you don't need? Yes. Okay. Well, so here's the deal. I think depending on the genre that mm-hmm. you are targeting, you know, I do commercial and uh, long fa- long format narration, right. you know, corporate e-learning, medical telephony, all of those, the geeky ones, I call them. <laughs> um, and so agents really deal with broadcast, anything that's right. broadcast that can potentially bring back royalties and residuals. Right. And some of them will deal with corporate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to understand that, look, they're a business, too. And right. so if they're taking a percentage of the job, you know, 10 percent, 20 percent, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, it helps for them to get recurring, you know, residuals. That's right. Versus, mm-hmm. let's say, a non-unit job or just, you know, I'm doing a telephony job that they pay me $400. Right. Well, 10 percent of that, you know. <laughs> That's right. You know, they're they're forty dollars, and they got to work hard for that. Well, and tell me so, something. How did you get your agents? How does a voice so actor? Wait, yeah, mm-hmm. I waited. I waited four years because agents typically want to see a track record. Oh, okay. you know that you're out there. You're able to book. Right. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to book commercials, but you're able to book. You've got some experience under right. your belt. You know how to handle, you know, um, you know, getting a job and seeing it through and, you know, mm-hmm. producing and delivering. Right. Um, and I think a lot of agents today are looking for referrals. Yes. Um, and they also need, you need to be able to serve a portion, uh, some part of their roster that they don't have. So right. They well, work hard. And so, hard and so do you. you find agents online and then just, you know, just submit yourself to them and, 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 and hope you, that, mm-hmm. You can do that. I think it's important that you research um, right. the, the agent, know like what they specialize in, and if possible, get a referral from somebody there that's already go. on their roster. Mm-hmm. Or you can send out email. Like I always say, go to the agency, look on their website, see if they have instructions. If they don't have instructions, yeah. find out if someone you know is on their roster. I was just going to say, though, how do them. you network that way? How do voice actors network so that you would meet and get to know other voice actors? What's the secret there? So I so when I moved <laughs> when I moved to California, I wanted to meet other people in the industry because mm-hmm. I you know, I was on the East Coast for so long and right. then I wanted to be able to meet other people who were in the industry. Plus I wanted other people to know who I was. Right. So I actually created a, a networking group called the VO Peeps. Oh. And yeah, the VO peeps were an online because I had experience in technology. Uh-huh. Um, back in 2010, I was one of the first online groups. Okay. And I made it global. So, wow. uh, because, you know, we're independents. It's just like even, right. you know, actors can be independent. Mm-hmm. It's hard to like talk to people, you know, like minded mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. So I created well, the group VO peeps. Is, it still, and a, is it still around? It, it, it sure is. Oh, my goodness. It sure is. Okay. I'll tell you and what, I guys. Run a monthly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I run a monthly workout okay. um, and also a membership as well. So, well, what you I'm going to do been doing is it for 10 years. I'm going to link everything. You have mentioned so many things. Awesome. And I'm when I'm going back through this before I post it uh, on Monday, which uh, everybody uh, will uh, who's listening to this now already knows when it was uh, published. But I am going to make sure that in the show notes, all of these things that you've mentioned will be linked. So don't worry, anybody. Awesome. If you're listening to this now, <laughs> I'll have it all down there for you. One last question, because, oh, we've only got mm-hmm. about 30 seconds. I want to know... 
uh, you said you coach and you, you now, is this the kind of thing that is somebody, if I linked, uh, you know, your website to the show notes, you could, uh, do this, like, uh, do you do zoom sessions? How, how do you do that? So I, I do it through online. I do it through a technology called IPDTL, which uh-huh. is a high quality audio connection. You can record the sessions okay. and people can always sign up for a 15 minute consult. So you can talk. Uh, discuss. We can talk about what I have to offer and how we might work together. Sure. Okay. Uh, and also, if I can, before we go, I just want to plug my my podcast, Do the it. VO Boss Podcast. Okay. okay. Which I've done for five years. Great. So that's all about. And you've done. And I, I, your your podcast is amazing. Cool, um, I've done a, a lot of. Um, uh, podcast on like the business of voiceover. Great. So if anybody's interested, oh my um, gosh, I'll really be linking it. On that. I will be mm-hmm. linking that. Everybody, listen, we've run out of time, but that was the most. That's the the most exciting thing I've heard yet. We love the mm-hmm. podcast, and I I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely subscribe. Uh, so all of these things will be listed in the show notes, guys. This has been a fantastic session, and Ganguza, you are just brilliant, and I love it that you get you took time out of your busy schedule to come on the. Show show. Thank you. Hey, hang on the line, oh, will you? Thank you. <laughs> hang mm-hmm, on the line. You. Let me let me say goodbye to the uh, to the audience. And guys, don't forget, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything, anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to go and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. We handle everything in 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 the actors arsenal. And I hope you've enjoyed the show today. This has been the Actors Guide. Tag, you're it. This has been The Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston-Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.